Hey everybody, this is Terrell Cummings. This is episode 22 of the Always Relevant Podcast. Uh, We have Dane on today. We're going to try to have DJ on a little bit, but he might be in and out. But uh, we just have a few things we're going to be talking about. Um, We're going to be getting into, obviously, My Sports Weekend. We're going to have Dane's Lift Chronicles. Dane's also going to be discussing a new sandwich that he has created called the Pop Dunk. Uh, everybody should try that for sure. We'll discuss a little bit further. Uh, we're talking about um, the guy that was hitting the back of the seat of a lady on an airplane because she reclined in the chair. Also, we'll be discussing the disappearance of Greek life off college campuses, specifically smaller colleges, um, and the fallout from that. Uh, what is proper bar etiquette? I'll have a little discussion about that. And also, I need video ideas showing how... I would celebrate winning a $40,000 scholarship from Natural Light, a.k.a. Natty Light. So those few things we'll be talking about. We'll talk about a few other things as well. Um, We're excited. We're glad you're listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Episode 22 of the Always Relevant Podcast. Terrell Cummings here right now. Looks like Dane DeMayo has come on the line. Dane, what's good, man? Oh, I don't know. I'm with you, though. I'm trying. <laughs> what's wrong, man? Struggle bus? Oh, long night. You know, not not exactly 22 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember that, man. You got to remember that. You're not as young as what you used to be. Uh, I talked to Dennis this morning. Uh, right now, he's actually out in an establishment with some with some of his friends at my university is Dayton. Um, I think there's some kind of public thing going on. So he's currently Beautiful. there at Tanks. He's, he's at Tanks in Dayton. It's a great place to go eat breakfast and have brunch. Uh, great great uh, establishment for adult beverages as well. So he might be on. He might not. Tom will tell. We'll see what's good. If he shows up, then we'll bring him on in and uh, see what's happening. So Okay. <laughs> so on that note, I'm going to ask myself, how are you and how are you really? You know, overall, I'm doing okay. Work has been a little bit crazy. It's not a bad thing, though. It makes the days go fast. Jeez. Uh, well, DJ's online. DJ, I'm in the middle of how are you, how are you really? Um, so what's going on, man? How's Tanks going? Things are going good. Uh University of Dayton had a great win thanks to our enrollment and coaching. Uh, past that, I mean, business is up, stock market's down, DJ succeeds. <laughs> yeah, sounds like the story, story of the life, so it's all good, man. It's all good. Like I said, I was talking about how are you, how are you really? Just saying, I'm doing all right so far. Uh, work's been busy, but it's been good. Coping's been sleeping a little bit more, so that's good for me. Uh, what register for classes uh, this week? So DJ and I at least have a, one class together. I don't know if we have the other one or not. Uh, I had to push it back, but we'll see what he did. But overall, no complaints. I'm good. Uh, Dennis, uh, Dane is feeling a little rough this morning. I'm asking him, Dane, how are you? How are you really? Uh, I guess mentally I'm doing okay. Physically, a little, little rough this morning. Uh, Too much Stairmaster. Well, no, it definitely wasn't that. Too much Cavaliers. Just watched them get annihilated by the Pelicans last night just when I thought they turned the corner, but I should have known better. 
So I blame myself for that, for even watching, to tell you the truth. And, uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. the Blue Jackets so, took a hard L last night, too. It was like 5 nothing. 5 nothing in the Minnesota Wild. It was an ugly – another ugly day of professional sports in Ohio. So, yeah, actually, we all <laughs> – but uh, doing good. We'll talk about Denver's mom. I gave me uh, faith in the future of our destination, the people, with the food discoveries we have to people. I got you. Well, sorry, Dan, on that one. Well, we're having some difficulties. I don't know if you had cut out. Dennis, did you hear what Dane was saying? I heard the end game, but. Here's the thing. When Dane talks, I do not listen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, that's, that's understandable. Okay. Now we're all <laughs> on the same page. We're back. <laughs> all so, right. Well, well, we'll see what's good then. Dennis, how are you and how are you really? Oh, uh, how am I? I am good. I am uh, sitting in an establishment uh, with two great linebackers that I coach out of college um, and they bought me breakfast so I'm pretty happy right now. Secondly the stock market is down but I uh, in my wisdom of 33 years old bought some penny stocks as you call it in some companies that could have the solution and they're up 243% and daddy's gonna sell, and daddy's gonna get a new pair of socks. I got you. Well, hey, quality investment. Then, when I talk about that, I've been I've been debating on getting into the stock market myself. I need to study up a little bit more on it before I just jump right in. So you don't, you don't. Everybody listening right now, if the Dow Jones everything goes down, like all my stocks and GM everything, you can buy them for cheap. And I don't think these massive companies like Apple or anything are going anywhere. They will recover from the coronavirus. I bought stocks in pharmaceuticals that might have the solution because there will be a solution to this virus. Unfortunately, bad things that happen in the capitalistic market create monetary value. This is true. It's just it's the, the nature of the beast, unfortunately. So that and Ron Bergen is the best anchor I've ever seen. You know, I've still I've never watched Anchor Man. Something's wrong with you. I've never seen it. I don't really like Will Ferrell. So it's not like Will I've seen Ferrell, par- it's Ron Burgundy. Yeah, well, I've seen parts of it. I've never watched it, so one day I'll have to sit down and actually watch the whole movie. I hear it's Dane, hilarious. Are you, Dane, are you still awake? Yeah, I'm with you. All right. <laughs> can we? Can you back this comment? Any movie that has a sequel or a prequel or anything after, if it makes so many of it, the first one's probably pretty good. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, you thought you were bad If they make if they make Anchorman round two, the first one must be good. 
if they make Predator 18, the first one might be good. Maybe. I'm not saying it's not. I'm sure that it is. I just haven't taken the time to watch it yet. I said maybe sometimes. I'm worried about about your movie critic credibility. It doesn't mean it's good. It just means it made money. Right, exactly. There is they don't make that many of things that don't make money. That's there's a difference between being good though and making money. Well, right. I thought we were talking a podcast with the general public, and the general public says it's pretty good, or else they wouldn't make money on the first one to do the second one. Huh? I mean, just because there's a group Deal. of sheep that's going to drop, my just because there's a group of sheep that's going to go I'm and winning. walk off the bridge, I'm, I'm going to do it too. Winning. That's just me being me though. Winning. So. On that note, I'm going to keep it moving. Talk about my sports weekend. Well, Scaring Boys basketball, they had lost to Beaver Creek in the second round of the tournament, so they ended up 15-8. and eight. Good season for them. One of the best teams they had for a little bit, so proud of them and how they're doing. Hanover College, they're at 17-8 and eight right now. Um, they're holding down as normal. I think the tournament's coming up. We'll see what's good. Um, uh, let's see, Michigan basketball, they're 18-10. and 10. Uh, currently ranked number 19 in the AP poll and 22 in the coaches poll. They actually just lost the other night to Wisconsin, though, so they'll probably drop it out of the top 25 come next week. And as DJ said, last night, University of Dayton won, so now they're 27-2, and two, currently ranked number four in the AP poll, number three in the coaches poll, and they are 16-0, I believe, in the A-10. Um, actually, no, it might be 18-0 in the A-10. Either way, they're not, they won it outright. Uh, they won the championship. Uh, they should be having a top seed in the tournament, or probably at least a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Dickie V was there last night. The game was on ESPN. They came out. They won by like 30. Obi Toppin showed out. I uh, had a couple of highlight dunks, and Dickie V said that college game day next week will be at the University of Dayton. So I think it's pretty cool that game day is coming to Dayton. Uh, hopefully everybody shows up and shows out, and, um, you know, has a good time. So I look forward. I'll actually watch college game day next week to see how everything is on campus. So uh, that's where we are on my sports weekend. Uh, I was actually going to talk about uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and, uh, you know, the whole Joe Burrows conversation. You know, Joe Burrows went to the combine. His hands measured at nine inches, which is the smallest hands measured at a combine for a quarterback since 2008. Dane. Will that affect anything? Should the Bengals still draft him, or should they still be worried, or should they be concerned? Because it is AFC North, and it does get cold. The Bengals are going to draft him because he's going to put butts in the seat for Mike Brown, which they're having a hard time. So, Dennis is back. Yeah. So, we're talking about Joe Burrows. So, he he's definitely going to get picked. He had the, but possibly the best season in college football history, right? Uh, it's no brainer. No one cares about the They don't do any analytics or anything. Like Brown doesn't So they're playing. Yeah, Dane, DJ came on and kind of messed everything up. Repeat what you just said, please, because I don't think anybody heard it because it was drowned out. And hopefully that doesn't happen again, but we will see everybody. Technical difficulties. It's how it goes sometimes with the podcast. So, Dane, go ahead, man. Well, I just think he's definitely going to pick Burroughs. I mean, he puts butts in the seat. He possibly had the best year of college football any players ever had last year. I mean, I've seen a lot 
I mean, I, you can't be a little concerned, but I mean, he did grow up in Ohio. He played in the cold, so it's not like he hasn't done it before. So yeah, but isn't isn't the NFL football like a slightly different shape than college football? There's something different about it, right? Besides the fact that they don't have the two white lines on it, there's something a little bit different about the football, isn't it? Or am I just am I, I, thinking, I don't know. Thinking football, things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I think it is a concern because you know. Obviously, turnovers is the most important stat. You got to hang on to the ball. And if he has the same people protect him that Dalton did, he's going to get killed. So, I mean, uh, I still think you got to take him. I mean, they, if you're, if the Bengals are going to move on from Dalton, then they have to take him. I think it, and ultimately, like I said, he's going to put people in the seats. You know, right now they're not doing that. Right. Right. No, it's true. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, the Bengals did say they, they interviewed Tua. Tua seems to be coming back pretty good from his hip injury. You know, would the Bengals be out of sorts to potentially trade down that first pick to get Tua? Because Tua was, has been doing just as well, if not better than Burrow, the last couple of years. You know, you think that makes a difference? Or do you think Burrow really is the difference maker that the Bengals could potentially need? Uh, I think they got to do Burrow. So they can't take a quarterback that's that damaged right now. I mean – they said he's going to make a full recovery, obviously. Uh, I mean, Alabama wasn't having that great a year before he got hurt. I mean, they were – you know how Alabama is. They schedule nobody. Uh, they schedule a bye before every LSU game. Uh, you right. know, then they schedule a cupcake before they play Auburn, and that's it, you know. So, it's, yeah. it's hard to say. They, they, definitely, they definitely schedule strategically. I'll give them that. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I do agree with you. I think they should still um, draft Burrow. Uh, you, you can say, you know, Patrick Mahomes, his hands only measured nine and a quarter. And so, he's still doing fine. And he played in the cold in the playoffs. Obviously, won the Super Bowl and everything. And he's still holding it down. So, I'm definitely not opposed to Burrow. I like him. I'm, I'm converted because at first I wasn't sure. But he convinced me with his play. And um, his swag and his leadership ability. I think he changed the program around LSU. I think he probably deserves a statue there. And um, we'll see how long it takes for him to do that. And Coach O can definitely thank him for, uh, you know, getting him that contract extension. You know, Bro should probably get a cut of that for real, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> him and the offensive <laughs> coordinator. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because Bro exactly. was that good last year. Heck, he was like gonna be a fourth, fifth round pick maybe until this year. It's one of the they said it's one of the most meteoric <laughs> sorry, meteoric rises of uh you know, any player year over year in the draft. Right. Well, I mean, I also think that he didn't have the full playbook either, you know, that first you know, his first year in. Like he transferred in, he got the job and everything, and they kind of gave it to him in doses. But I think last year he had the full breadth of the whole playbook. I think he understood everything that was going on at all times. And he had receivers that can make plays, which LSU's always had athletic receivers, but they just never really had the quarterback or the offensive coordinator that was creative enough to really get it into their hands consistently. And, they, I mean, they were a full attack, man. They were a full attack. Even though their defense was a little bit down, it really didn't matter because the offense was so dynamic. It was crazy. Yeah. So – yeah, I mean, it, and look at the numbers they put up, the records, the touchdown passes. It was it was crazy. And they right, played a right. tough schedule. 
Yeah, no, they did. They did for sure. So they did. They held it down. They they uh, shut down the doubters, and, you know, they did well. So good for them. I look forward to Joe Burrow coming to Cincinnati, and let's hope that Mike Brown doesn't mess it up. Time will tell. Yeah, but the Time track record isn't good. Track record is definitely not good, for real. So hopefully, I mean, Cincinnati could be the black hole place to go. I have been seeing people talk about, like, you know, Cincinnati's been so terrible, but Cincinnati hasn't been horrible for this decade. You know, for the past decade, they haven't been terrible. They haven't won a playoff game, but, I mean, they have, like, three or four NFC or AFC North titles during that time frame, but they definitely underachieved, but they weren't, like, the laughing stock of the league by any means, you know? So, and they did it through the draft. They drafted well during that time frame, so – I don't know. We'll have to see what happens going forward. It's just a rebuild right now. They're in the middle of it, and uh, we'll see what happens. I would say they're so. at the beginning of it. <laughs> beginning yeah, of the 100%. rebuild. Yeah, I want to see what happens three years in. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're going to have to – you know, you think about it, they're going to get Burrow. They, they tried to get Jonah Williams last year off his tackle, but he was hurt. They had a, the center the year before, Billy Price. You know, they got to start working on defense because Carlos Dunlap and – um I forget dude's name, defensive tackle, played at Georgia, super strong, crazy big calves, uh, makes a lot of plays. I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. But either they have him, but they're both getting older. You know, they're, I think, low 30s right now. So they probably have, what, a couple more years left for the Reds to start thinking D-tackle. Like, they have Sam Hubbard on the outside, a defensive end. And they have the other dude that played at Auburn, who's basically a pass rush specialist. But they need to get up their defensive line depth. You know, they lost perfect at linebackers, so they need someone that's going to be a playmaker there. They have their safeties right now, but the corners I'm not sure about. Like, I like William Jackson, but they need a corner on the other side. They need, like, a straight-up shutdown corner. I don't like Kirkpatrick. You know, I think he maximized himself at Alabama. He's an all-right cover two player, but he's called for pass interference all the time, and he's exposed during man-to-man coverage. But that's just my opinion on it. So they have they have some some pieces to try to fill in on the defensive side of the ball, but like I said, hopefully they'll start getting some more hits versus misses in the draft, and we'll see what's good. We'll see what Zach Taylor does as head coach. Yeah, exactly. The coach thing is a big question to me right now. Right, right. So I will say that I did think that the Bengals still played hard for him down the stretch last year. You know, they had they're having rocky times. I think they were still playing decent for him. They didn't just throw in the towel in the season. So I think that kind of says something to me. They're there. They're actually still trying to win games, you know, down the stretch. But, yeah, they came out and hammered Cleveland. They wanted to win that game. Cleveland obviously didn't care, which is embarrassing. And uh, they knew they couldn't lose their draft pick at that point, so they were all in and got it done. So I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, I just and I watch a lot of the games, and it's uh. I don't know. I think there's a lot of questions on this coach. We'll see what happens. Some of this stuff's kind of, kind of iffy. So, we'll- right, right. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So, all right, let's push it forward to Dane's Lift Chronicles. Obviously, you weren't, you didn't, uh, you weren't driving Lift last night. It sounds like you were out at some establishments. But uh, what, what kind of stories you have for us for your chronicles this week? Oh, today we're going to talk about. Riders bearing gifts, right? So, you know, it, it, I know it's crazy, right? So, 
you never know what's going to happen and how people are going to tip you. You'll pull up to a stop. I had this guy call me up this week and was like, he's like, hey, do you drink beer? I'm like, yeah, who doesn't? And he's like, well, I have this 12-pack, and I can't keep it here. He goes, do you want it? And I was like, well, yeah. So <laughs> I took it. So I got a 12-pack of beer because you got you know when people offer you stuff like this, this is the most important thing I want you to understand. When they're like, do you want some food or something like that? They're trying to tell you we are not going to tip you, so take whatever you can get from us. So that's right, why I say, right. yeah, yeah, make sure you take whatever they're going to give you, right? So – you know, another one uh, gave me, I got a 24 pack of beer from this one couple uh, at a brewery that was $8 a bottle and they gave it to me. And that was like some raspberry beer. I mean, I don't drink that kind of stuff, but it was free. So I drank it. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but I had a good incident. Like at night when you're picking up these people from the bars too, you know, they would leave you cash, all stuff. But then you get some nasty ones. So I had, I had a situation. I'm deep in Allentown. You know, I'm at this house bar. It looks like a house. I mean, this place looks like a dump. As soon as I get the pickup, I'm like, oh, God, what kind of creature is going to crawl out of this thing? So I pull up. <laughs> yeah. I pull up, and the dude's like, and then there's nobody there, and I'm waiting, and everybody's out in the street and everything like that. I'm like, oh, where is this person? And then I so I call, you know, I tried to give them one chance to call because I got no problem waiting five minutes and hitting, did not show and charging them five dollars, get that money for doing nothing. But right, <laughs> yeah, she calls up, she's like, <laughs> she's like, why can't you follow directions? I'm right here. I'm like, oh man, I'm on the uh, GPS right now and I'm right outside the bar you're at. She's like, I don't know what's wrong with you, blah blah blah, and she's going on and on. I'm like, okay, hang up, boom. I'm out. I canceled the ride and it's pouring rain. I was like, good luck. You're going to be waiting at least 30 minutes for your next one. It made me feel good. So I pull out, <laughs> yeah, get the next ride. And uh, man, I, all he did was like, I got to take some food to my daughter or something like that, like one o'clock in the morning, dude. He gives me cash. So I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Take this food, driving down the street, you know, there's like this, you know, I'm like, you up there, you're waiting for some food? She's like, yeah, and then run up. You know, and then he took funny. again. So it's good people, you know, want that. Right, so, right. So like when you go to a gas station, they put, I hate the second stop because you're always going to get screwed when there's a second stop because you don't get paid jack for time. So I pulled up. You know, and I dropped this person off, oh, waiting, waiting, waiting. You know what I mean? And then they finally come out. You want some food? Yeah, take it. I would give me something. So <laughs> that's, but make sure, you know, don't take the food out of the house. Take it from Wawa or something. Make sure it's sealed. You know what I mean? But right. uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, you know, people, I, I don't know. Like I said, I did a little bit this week. I did take a trip to Queens which was really exciting. That was right. a very long trip. And let me tell everybody out there, if you've never got the pleasure to drive in New York city at night, I recommend you give it a shot. It's a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't stop. And keep going. Yep. So that's what I that's got. Funny. Yeah. Not too much, but I want you want everybody to know out there that when riders are offering stuff up, that means they're not going to tip you. 
and then take whatever they're going to give you. So that's today's tip. Yep. Smart move. Smart move. Good tip. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. I look forward to next week's Dane Chronicles because I've never really surprised what I hear. And, um, you know, it's a good thing. So um, looking forward to that. Now, something else I wanted to talk about, me kind of discussed this earlier, is Dane has come across a new sandwich. Dane, dude, tell us the story. Tell us what it is. You sent us pictures of this new sandwich um, this week, a couple days ago, and I think it's awesome. I think everybody should hear about it. Go ahead and tell them about it real quick. So this is what happened. I had to go and try that KFC chicken sandwich that was actually made with two donuts, right? Like, does that not give you hope for future <laughs> humankind and we can still create stuff like this? I mean, this is <laughs> so I go to KFC and I sit down. I had to get it. I ate in the restaurant, believe it or not. And I tried to touch it. It was hotter than hell, but they make the bone donuts like right there, I think, like right on the time. Right. And, uh, I bit into it. And I was like, man, this is good. But And then something came to my mind. I was like, man, I know something that would be way better. So I finished this, thought it was incredible. Thought I, I was feeling good about the future of humankind. And then I went down to Dunkin' Donuts. And I got two glazed donuts. Then I went to Popeye's and grabbed that giant chicken sandwich. And I took <laughs> Popeye's chicken, right? And put right. that between the two Dunkin' Donut glazed donuts. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was the euphoria, the just greatness. I mean, it was just amazing. I recommend everybody go out there and try that. I call it the pop dunk. You got to make two stops, but you got to do a pop dunk. Two Dunkin' Donuts glazed and get the chicken from Popeye's, slap it together. Oh, my God. Have you tried the now, pop dunk yet? Do you have the regular chicken from Popeye's or you have the spicy chicken from Popeye's? I, I got the regular but I, I think the spicy would actually be good. It kind of offset the sweetness of the donuts. Right. So, I, yeah, I think you could do either way. Like I said, I just thought <laughs> of this yesterday. And, uh, well, of course, I ate another one. And uh, I'm telling you, the pop dunk is where it's at. You have to get <laughs> the it. It's really simple. I'm lucky that I live in a place where all the restaurants are real close, so I can do the two stops at Popeye's and Dunkin' Donuts. And slap things <laughs> together. Oh man, uh, I'm telling you, it's uh, stuff like this gives us faith in humankind. Like we can still do this. We can still move forward. I mean, that's what I was, it was. I was telling my mom about this. She was cracking up, saying it sounds like an instant heart attack, which it might be, but it does sound like it'll be something good to try. So I'll let you know. I do try it out. Um. I'm trying to think if I have a, I do have a Dunkin' Donuts that's close to me now I think about it. So I know there's a Popeyes I could pretty much walk to if I really wanted to. So you know, we'll see. I'll have to try it out, see what's good, and uh let everybody know if I try to pop dunk, you know, it could be the new the new thing, new craze, new sandwich. So Popeyes, pay attention, get your partnership with Dunkin' Donuts, get a pop dunk going, make sure Dan gets some royalties or get some some kind of compensation for his idea. So, yeah, you should probably uh, trademark that pretty soon. I'm just saying. Yeah, it is groundbreaking stuff. I, I, 
you know, that's what's great. You can take an idea, which KFC started, and you can make it better. And that's what we did. I mean, I, I, I am just so excited about the pop dog. It is really might might have changed my life. Oh, uh, that's great. That's great. See, and you told Lee about this. Lee's our resident chef. He's a you know resident genius, resident chef between our friends and everything. And he's on board. You know, he's a Popeyes fan. He's a Dunkin' Donuts fan. And uh, I don't know he's looking forward to trying it himself. So I look forward to hearing his feedback on. It. Like I said, he is the the resident chef between you, me, him, and DJ. So it should be interesting to get his feedback on it. Yeah, and all you, everybody else out there that wants to try the pop dunk, let Terrell know how your experience was with the pop dunk because it is a must try for anyone. For sure, yeah, yeah definitely let let us know. Go out there to anchor app, go and find the always relevant podcast. Click on the link for leave a voicemail and leave a voicemail for it. So I do want to hear your opinion on it, or hit me or Dane up on social media. Hit us up on Twitter. You know, at Dane DeMail or at, yeah, at D DeMail for him on Twitter, you know, at Franchise Love 22 for me. And, you know, we want to hear from you because uh, we want to try to make the pop duck global, we want to make it viral, and uh, we want to see what happens. So, um, I don't know. That'll be interesting to see what we can do. And a, a <laughs> shout out to the Colonel for coming up with the uh, donut chicken sandwich to start with. Uh, Got to give some love to the OG. That's, that's, uh, that was a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with taking ideas and just enhancing them and making them better. So it happens all the time. Uh, I'm sure that KFC is going to be up next to try to enhance the idea you just had um, try to beat it out because if Popeyes ever does catch up on that, they're probably going to be in trouble. So, <laughs> Okay, so, hey, did you hear about the story a couple weeks ago? I think I saw it on Twitter. I saw it on social media where there's this guy. He was sitting in the back of the plane on a flight, and he kept hitting the woman's seat in front of him repeatedly because she reclined back in her chair. And it was just constant, just hit it like he was hitting it like it was, you know, two times every second he sit in the back of her chair. What do you think about that? That whole situation? Oh, man. I'll tell you what, everybody's seen this, and this blew up out of control. Uh, I mean, and then someone filmed it and put that guy on film. I mean, that, that's not a good look for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right, right. But I can tell you that, and I will tell the airlines, get rid of that last seat or at least make space where it reclines. I've been stuck in that back seat before, and it is the most miserable experience ever, ever, Right. And so not right. only do you get stuck in that back seat, that's the just, it does, you know, it's straight up and down. It is the worst thing ever. And then you got somebody laying back on you. Now I've heard lots of arguments that they say, well, if the seat leans back, they should be allowed to do it. Okay. I agree. I, I guess I can get with that. Although I think there should be some proper etiquette involved where even though the seat leans all the way back, you should be like, take some courtesy of your passengers behind you. Don't lay right on top of them. Right. So here's what, like, the – I don't, I can't remember if it was, like – it was someone that worked out, I don't know if it was American Airlines or what. He was some high up – he wasn't the CEO, but he was someone high up there saying that they should take etiquette before leaning back. They should ask the person behind them if it's okay if they lean back as far as etiquette. Now, I don't know. Me personally, if I'm flying, and the way the airlines are doing it, they're just shoving as many seats as possible as they can as far as doing that. So – 
money that way. I get, I, I get it. But do you really think they should turn around and ask someone and say, okay, if I recline my seat back, if they recline? And they don't even really recline that far. You know what I'm saying? Like, they may recline. They, they recline less than six inches, for sure. So it's not like the dude's seriously laying in someone's lap. You know? Yeah, like, I, and I, and, I, mean, and I don't think that... I don't think that guy was like six five or six six by any means. You know what I mean? He just happened to be sitting in that back seat where he was sitting straight up and couldn't get away from it at all. And I don't know, that's tough. I mean, maybe didn't, there wasn't another flight. But I know me personally, I always try to sit in the front seat and coach. I'll pay the extra twenty five dollars to sit in that front seat. You know, so just because there's that additional leg room, and it's worth it to me. And there's no seats in front of me. I'll pay the extra money on the flight so I can sit in that seat. So I don't have to worry about someone leaning back on me or anything like that. And I have leg room to kind of do what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know that now that I think about this, we're gonna have to have a segment and discuss this another time about the best airlines. But I will say that I think the story blew up because it is that back seat. I don't think you have this crazy problem in this video and everything if that guy wasn't stuck in that back seat. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've got stuck there before. I hate when I pick a seat, right? And then you right. get, for some reason, they change you. And I got stuck. At, I, I mean, I was so mad I was in that back seat. And I don't know you're going to be completely uncomfortable, but it's going to take you forever to get off the plane. Because right. for some reason, people just don't want to get off the plane. And then the CEO, yeah, I'm getting fired up now. The CEO <laughs> wants to turn around and ask somebody, I don't want to talk to nobody on that plane. Right. That's Come right. On. I'm not trying to talk to anybody on the flight, but I'm just trying to get in and get to where I'm trying to go as fast as possible. That's it. I don't want to worry yeah. about it. Like I'm I'm not scared to keep my headphones in the whole flight. Like I'm cool with that. I don't have to talk to people, I don't have to talk to somebody. But I mean, like, like I said before, you know, the way the airlines are putting seats in the planes and trying to shove as many people in there as possible. And you know, that's tough. Yeah, it's tough for me. I'm a big guy. So like I always try to be cognizant of like where I'm sitting like I'm, I'm gonna try not to be sitting in the middle seat on the plane possible if I have a chance to go on there early and pick my seat I'm gonna try to do it as far as doing that because I don't I feel bad because I'm like I said I'm a big guy and I don't want to inconvenience other people that are sitting around me so I know it's tough one flight I was flying from DC back to Columbus and I was looking for my seat and um, I saw I was in the second row, and I didn't—I couldn't remember which side I was on, so I was checking my my phone for which what my actual seat was. And I saw a guy that was sitting down. He just said, "I'm no joke. This guy was like six eight. I'm like, I hope I'm not sitting next to that guy. If so, that's like just terrible luck." And me and him were sitting on the flight next to each other. I feel bad for him. Now, if, he, if anybody was ever going to complain about someone reclining their seat back, it was him because he was sitting there. I feel like his knees were in his chest. And, you know, there's really no place for him to go regardless. He's, he, the seat could have been straight up. There's just nowhere for him to go as far as doing that. But I don't oh, know. Yeah, it's miserable, man. It, they don't make the seats for us bigger guys. And, uh, you know, it, it's like, uh, yeah, and then you get stuck next to someone big. And then the worst is Southwest where you can't pick your seat. Then you got to try to get on and scramble for seats. It's the dumbest thing in the history of aviation. Yeah, I I'm not gonna, I, I don't even fly. I don't even fly Southwest. I try not to. Like I've been flying uh, American Airlines uh, as far as that. Um, I did make a mistake one time to flying out of, out of Cincinnati and I got on the flight and the seat, like it was just, like I said, it was just a smaller seat 
And I just had to sit there uncomfortable for luckily it was only like a 45 minute flight. So it wasn't a big deal. But I knew after that, like, okay, I need to make sure that let me do some research. So I started looking at planes and type of planes that flew in and out of, you know, Cincinnati and Columbus going to DC. I found kind of like the, the best planes, which are kind of the newer planes. They're only flying out of Columbus. I'm like, okay, well, even though it's convenient for me to fly to Cincinnati, I'll drive to Columbus so I can sit in comfort on this flight. Cause I never know what's going to happen when you're sitting on a flight. If it gets delayed, or whatever, and I'm just not trying to be uncomfortable on a flight if possible. So, you know, but ultimately, going back to bring it back full circle to the person in the back of the seat, I didn't think he should have, even though like it was the back seat. They probably just, uh, you know, but unfortunately, if you can fair way to not sit in that seat, I wouldn't sit in that seat. Um, I know sometimes airlines, they move your seat around, but I would try to find any way to not sit in that seat if possible. But that's just me. I'm sure you would try to do the same thing. Oh, yeah. But they did offer him a free captain and Coke. I took that, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, you need to start bringing those on the regular because right now I'm pretty amped up. As you can see, I've been hitting the back of this woman's chair for the last hour. I need something to take my mind off of it. So, you know, that's a good <laughs> idea. I wonder if I start punching the people back of people's seats and they'll start serving me free drinks and I'll stop. I think oh. we might be on to something. And my other question is, because, you know, I'm, I should have asked this first. Would he have done that to just anybody? Or just because he was a woman, he didn't think that she would do anything back to him? You know what I'm saying? Can you picture someone like that doing that to me or you sitting on the flight? No, I can't see somebody doing that to me unless it's some kid. <laughs> right. So I thought it, I, I personally thought it was kind of a punk move for him to do that. Because if he would have done that to me, like, he would have found out really quick my reaction would have been. And it probably would have been trouble for me, but I would I probably would have given him the verbal warning first. Like, all right, I understand you're not comfortable, but it's not a knee problem that you're in that seat. So I'm pretty much gonna do what I want. And if you keep doing what you're doing, you're gonna find out what's gonna happen. Now, is that right of me? Probably not. <laughs> you know, probably I probably should have a little more patience with that reaction. But it's yeah, if some dude's hitting my seat like that. I'm going to figure it out. So I think he took advantage of the fact that there was a, there was a woman sitting in front of him and, you know, we don't know that person. She maybe she's not confrontational or whatever that is, you know, we don't know, but I thought he was definitely wrong to do that in general, but specifically I thought he had, he was, he uh, was more likely to do it to someone like her versus someone like me or you sitting there. So. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's a good point because if it happens again where there's some, you know, some younger people involved, that's going to get ugly. So they got to resolve it. I mean, that was a punk move. I mean, he shouldn't have been doing that. Usually, if I'm uncomfortable like a plane like that time I was in that back seat or I got stuffed between two people in Southwest, I just kind of deal with it. You know, like, you, you know what the situation is. Flying sucks. I hate it. I hate sitting in airports waiting for planes and then them telling me, oh, your flight's delayed. Oh, okay, right? And then, you know, you, you get on the plane and then you're trying to get seats. And then I agree with the guy, you know, on Twitter, I've been sending to those things that says, do not stand up when the plane lands. Jesus, people. Really? <laughs> Stop. Stop. Right. Right? And then we had the people, what we're doing, that I showed you a video of the woman – Touch doing touch screen on the on the plane seat screen with her foot. Oh, oh yeah, terrible. 
like I don't I don't know if people are just too comfortable on planes or what. Like that's to me that's that's crazy. That's disgusting. I don't know why anybody would ever do that. Like they're treating I mean if you're in a public place still, you know, no one wants your dirty feet on most anything that they're touching in general. Why are you gonna put it on a touch screen? Like I don't get people that do stuff like that. Oh yeah, and then you got people trying to dry their coat or something on the uh you know, the air blowers that blow down on you. It's like, come on, man. That's <laughs> it's just crazy out there. Crazy. I yeah. hate flying. Hate it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I don't have to do it as much as I used to because it just it, I it just I my what's your rule to drive? I'm usually if it's six hours or less, I'm definitely driving a lot of times. <laughs> You know, that's kind of my cutoff before I fly. What's yours? Yeah, mine's probably six or seven if it was just me. But right now, Elaine is not a big fan of flying. So because of that, we are more apt to drive wherever we're going to go. Um, so if we were if we we're wanting to go to Hawaii or something like that, that's probably not in the cards. Um, if so, she'll probably need to be, have some kind of medication on that flight where she's just going to be sleeping, not have to witness anything or do anything. So, but yeah, for me personally, I'm probably with you. If it was more than like a six or seven hour drive, depending on where I was going and how long I was going to be there, I'm definitely willing to fly. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Length, of, length of visit matters. I drove to Charleston, South Carolina. That took me, uh, oh, that was a long trip from here, but I was there for like eight, nine days. So, you know, I can drive if I'm going to be there for a while. Plus, you need to bring more stuff generally. Right. Well, and that, like, we're going to be going to Florida this year, this summer. We're going to Destin. And, you know, from here, it's probably like a good 13-hour drive. Um, you know, but we're going to stop in Nashville, and we're going to kind of break it up. So from Nashville, it's probably more of like a, you know, an eight, seven, eight-hour drive from there. So it's not horrible from Nashville. Um, but still, after a while, it's just, you know, it's tiring to do it. I would love to fly. I like the means of flying, but like I said, she's not really uh, too keen on flying. And, you know, I guess it depends on how well, you know, she thinks she can handle it and go from there. I'm sure there will be a point in time where she wants to go on like a cruise or something like that. She's bothering me about a cruise, not bothering me, but she's asking, Evan's going on a cruise, going on a cruise. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not worried about much, but for whatever reason, I don't really care for large bodies of water especially oceans, <laughs> but yeah. that's just me. But I mean, what can I say? If, you know, I'm asking her to fly somewhere and she's like, well, I want you to go on a cruise. You know, I guess I would, I would do it ultimately, even though I'm like, I really don't want to do this, but she really didn't want to fly. So, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I, I definitely have to fly to Florida. So I usually fly jet blue, uh, from the North Airport when I go to Florida, and let me tell you that JetBlue is nice. Like, is I it really? Like, but I like JetBlue. You definitely have some good room in your seat, and the staff's usually pretty good. Like, I I, I don't have delays with JetBlue. Uh, I really enjoy JetBlue. I have to go to Newark to fly out of there, which is about you know about an hour drive from where I'm at. But uh, right, JetBlue is good to ride it. They got the bigger seats and stuff. It's it's good ride. Okay, yeah, that's something I have to think about. I don't know if there's JetBlue, if the hub, JetBlue hub is close to me or not. I bet it's probably in Columbus, but uh, you know, I have to look and see about that for sure. Now, Southwest so. is horrible. They make you sit next to all these people, and then they want to talk to you. 
and, and plus dog, there's, there's always there's always long lines of security for Southwest, and I'm just not because you know it's the less expensive airline, which which the price has actually come closer to all the rest of the airlines from what it used to be. So I don't know. Yeah, to me, it's kind of worth it. That's a myth, you know. And you have to book on Southwest.com instead of the you know they're not on all the other sites, right? right? I think they still aren't. I don't know. I don't even look for them anymore because I did. <sighs> But you know, it's yeah. Yep. I, I don't think they're not that cheap when I've seen it. Yeah, you're right. So it's a it's a giant scam. You get oh, you get one free bag. Throw that price of the bag into the regular ticket price. It's a joke. Right, right. So all right, here here's, here's a quick question. Um, I know we we're probably gonna talk about this with DJ on the line, but he's he's not on. I think they probably switched locations from tanks to somewhere else. So he didn't want to. He didn't want to mess with the vibe of the podcast, so I'm sure if he jumps back in, he will. But we were kind of discussing the disappearance of Greek life on college campuses and why it's important in general. What are your What are your thoughts on that in general? Well, it's kind of a bad thing. I think stuff's always been happening, you know, with these fraternities and stuff like that. But with social media and everything out there now, stuff you know, news travels fast and gets exposed you know, exploded into something else. But uh, I think it's bad that uh, Greek life's leaving uh, colleges, particularly at small schools like we went to, because generally the Greek life uh, is the one that kind of generates the stuff to do on campus, the parties, the meals, and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, definitely different events and everything. I mean, if I would have gone to a larger school, I probably wouldn't have joined a fraternity or been a part of Greek life at a larger school. But I think in a smaller campus, I think it's definitely um, it's definitely a staple on most college campuses, I feel like. Um, just because, I, I like I said, I went to a school that had basically a thousand students there. And I would say over half the students there were Greek. You know, so you have the mix of the Greek individuals and the people that were athletes. You know, a lot of athletes were in Greek houses as well. So, I mean, it was just it's kind of an interesting dynamic as far as doing that. But I definitely agree. I think Greek life kind of did drive what was going on on campus through different events, whether it's parties or other events that they were holding or throwing, you know, weekly or whatever it may have been. Um, especially for us, we're in a small town in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. So it's not like there's a bunch of other stuff to do. You know, getting to Cincinnati is an hour and a half. You know, Louisville was an hour. So, I mean, that's not horrible. You have to get on back roads to get there. Indianapolis was like two hours away. So, we, we were out there, you know, in the cornfields with not much to do out there and, and what we call the Hanover bubble. So, you know, it, it's, it's tough. You know, it, it's tough. But you, know, you are seeing different stories of different, you know, pledges dying from different hazing, new events, from them drinking excessively, which – yeah, you know, I think I've seen kids drinking excessively on on any college campus. So I'm not trying to say there's any excuse for that, but you also, as the kid that's doing it, you know, you do have a choice on what you do and what you don't do. You know, and you don't have to. Which I know people say, well, there's peer pressure and all of that as well. So I don't know. It's 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 tough, and there, there are you know, it it does take probably a, a special kid to go out there and say, you know, I'm not going to do this because. I feel like I am putting myself at risk to do that. Like I know when I went through pledge shit, 
in the for all the different things that we had to do, and there were a bunch of different stories out there, stuff that people thought we had to do as well that wasn't true, but everybody thought it, and so we kind of played it up like it really happened, but it really didn't. You know what I mean? But there's never a point in time where I was nervous or scared or was worried throughout my playship. Whether you didn't get you didn't get nervous when you couldn't see and you heard that goat sound going on. <laughs> No, no, I, I did not get nervous uh, for the different animal noises. If there were animal noises, you know those stories are are esoteric. Whether it was true or not, I can't I can't say if there was a bad yeah, sound or anything like that. Stories of the of the early days of fraternity, and that's the thing. Like all this stuff's happened to Greek life, and I can tell you, if the stories are true. It was way tougher for our you know, early generations joining these fraternities than it was for us. And even though it's a big difference between what I went through and what guys got to do now, I mean, it's actually way easier and they're shutting them down. Right. Would you argue right. would you say that? I would say that. I think the biggest problem is when the, um, when the organization and their pleasure has some kind of alcohol included in whatever is going on. So, I mean, it's really just binge drinking as far as that, which, like I said, a lot of times kids are going to be doing that anyway, whether they're playing, you know, beer pong or playing drinking games or bonging beers or shotgun and beers or whatever that may be. I think it's going to be taking place. It's just for the fraternities, maybe something that says, you know, you need to do this and they have some kind of activity around that, around the pledge ship, where I think it's meant to kind of, well, I can't even speak for them. You know, I can't really speak to what it's really meant to be for them. But I know that if there was anything like that for us, you know, there's definitely people that were not partaking in the drinking, watching over the situations, you know, make sure there's people that if something did happen, that to take the kids or whoever to a hospital if something were to happen, or there's other people outside the organization that would be able to be there to assist in helping, you know, helping the kids. Um, but like I said, I mean, you have different situations going on, and um, you know, and that, that, that's why yeah. I didn't get that detail on because our fraternity is actually no longer on campus at Hanover College. So because I don't, I don't even know the full story, it was probably just a group of stories that kind of were happening. I know we were all probation when we were there, but I think some of that was kind of, you know, garbage of why we were, but that's that's just difference of opinion there. There's a point in time where uh, life was at risk, I don't think, as far as for bloodshed. And I don't think we put someone in that situation either, but you never know what happens when people are, are binge drinking and some people handle their alcohol more than others. Some people get peer pressure more than others. Some people fall into the peer pressure more than others. And there's always a whole story to it. But either way, there's kids out there that are dying from it. And, you know, the thing that they, that people be like, that needs to be done is to shut down the fraternities and make them responsible for it. And, you know, it's going to make other fraternities look out for that. Fraternities and sororities, because sororities have gotten in trouble as well for hazing and doing different activities. And, you know, it's one of those, another reason why either people aren't joining fraternities or sororities as much, or, um, you know, those different organizations are not on campuses anymore. So I don't know. 
Yeah, it's like everything else, lawsuits that are, you know, can be thrown at you these days, you know, puts a lot bigger liability on stuff happening. But I'll tell you what, man, pledging isn't even that bad. I mean, I never would have thought a bong of Mad Dog 2020 grape would go so well with a cracked egg and Tabasco sauce. I mean, this is just stuff you only find out if you're pledging. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. That That's true. I, um, I didn't have to bong anything, but, you know, we definitely had some different drinks here or there. That would if potentially get in shape. You get to bust out a lot of push-ups and sit-ups. That uh, is true. That is true. <laughs> like, uh, my push-up game was strong during pledge flip, for sure. So... And anything that I, did, that I did have to drink was natural and organic. Uh, no no type of other foreign or outside substances and whatever it is we had to drink. But, um, yeah, it was definitely an interesting time. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it definitely uh, it brings you together with your pledge class because everybody's going through the same thing. And uh, you get to kind of lean on each other to get through it. So... <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's I, I think to go back to it though, like you know, I think Greek life's important. I don't think they should get rid of it. I think it keeps you know students engaged. I mean, you know, we I was five cap aside, we had the five side five hundred with all the partying going on, but it's good, you know, it's good fun. I mean, nobody wants to live on campus with nothing to do. Like I'll never yeah. forget when I visited my colleagues the first time, the parties that were going on on my visit were crazy. You know, it sucker me into going there for sure. <laughs> and you right, actually no, and, to see that stuff disappear each year with the crackdowns that was going on. So things were changing then. Right. Right. So, and it, you know, it's definitely part of, you know, especially small schools, you know, it's part of recruiting. Like I said, I mean, that's, that, that is kind of a lifeline of the campus and you're bring someone to a campus and there's nothing really going on. There's kind of really hanging out a little bit. Are they really going to go? I don't know. You know, you want to have some fun at some point in time, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how but, it's know, handled. We played ball. So, like, you know, we're on campus first, and you have you already have a bond with them guys. You might not end up not liking some of them, but at the end of the day, you know, you're all there to play football, and you're going to find, you know, a lot of your friends through that. You know what I mean? Right. Before school right. starts. You're walking on campus the first time, and, you know, you don't really know anybody and stuff. But, you know, we didn't have to experience that because we already knew a bunch of people before school even started. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, true. That's, yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah, so the you know the fraternities start you know recruiting people and uh, you know I I think it's a good thing. I think Greek life is good. I think you know it actually you know everybody has their jobs they have to take care of. I mean I was fairly useless. Most of my brothers will acknowledge that, but I did do a heck of a job as an scheduler. But <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was the awards chair. Playing, yeah, not gonna spin on here, but there's a lot of funny stuff that comes from it. So. <laughs> yeah yeah so tell these administrators leave greek life alone just because you ain't you're not having fun or you already had your fun you want to ruin everybody else's leave it alone and i would say right. to people doing the pledging well you were a pledge uh what do you call that uh teacher or what was that pledge uh pledge pledge master pledge master yeah, yeah. this goes so, up yeah, to pledge too. just use your head i always say just use common sense right right Right. You, you can you can gauge the situation. You are kind of the one that's leading them. You're, you're training them as far as you're teaching them everything about the fraternity. You teach them everything you want to know. You're trying to teach them. You're trying to bring them together. You know, yeah, there's times when you kind of let the the crowd 
you know, have their fun and do their thing and kind of, you know, get their laughs on making pledges, do different things. But in all in all, you're kind of in control of the situation. And you, you and we also had like a pledge educator that was part of it as well. You kind of have a plan going into it. You know what you what they wanted, what you want them to get out of it for that particular session or whatever. And you know when things are going too far. And so you have you have the ability to control the room. And and I definitely did that. I remember there's time where I yelled at everybody else. I told I told the pledges, don't listen to what anybody is saying. Don't do whatever they're doing. You're only listening to me right now. And I lit lit up the whole room for everything they're about to say and try to get them to do. So I mean that is something that's possible to do as far as doing that. And they, they definitely, there's a responsibility that goes along with it, in my opinion. And, um, you know, you just, obviously you want, you want them, you want them to learn everything. You want them to come together, but you want them to be safe doing it. You don't want to put anything, you know, their safety at risk at all. And um, regardless of what ha- what's happened in the past, what people did in the past, there's plenty of stories of crazy stuff of what guys did in the past and what they had to jump off of or run through or steal or whatever it is, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta draw the line somewhere on, on being responsible and keeping things together for the, for the fraternity or sorority. So. Yeah. And because, you know, initiation and getting into fraternity's private stuff, I'm not going to say what's true or not, but if you start hearing the goat noises, start getting <laughs> <laughs> yeah once once you hear once you hear the sheep or the goat noises just yeah that nervous energy comes over you <laughs> uh, so but yeah going for i think i think we're in agreement the greek greek life should definitely stay but there's definitely you know the, the fraternity sorority has a responsibility to the pledges the pledges have to remember that they don't necessarily have to do everything that they're being told to do. If it's somewhere, it's like, you know, I'm just flat out not going to do this. If it's something that's completely dangerous, then don't do it. They have that option. No one ever really exercises that option, but it really is there if they really wanted to. And the fraternity is not going to kick them out because of it. I wouldn't think if they really want the kid there, you know, it's like, all right, you know, we understand why you want to do that. It is kind of a crazy thing to ask someone to do. And because you chose not to do it, it's not, it's not like we're like, no, we don't want you here. Some of them might, but I would I would hope that they wouldn't. Yeah. Know? Yep. And these, and these are secrets that are out there that people don't think about. We're just older and wiser now. Back in the day, we were young and dumb, like everybody, like these kids nowadays doing the stupid stuff, and we probably would have done it too. But, you know, they just got to – everybody has to be careful nowadays, you know, especially when kids are losing their lives. So – yeah, well said. All right. Next topic. We're talking about that longer than I thought we would. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What what is proper bar etiquette? Oh, this, this is a question. good one. You're getting the inside info from guys with years of experience on both sides of the bar. <laughs> I've I've never been a bartender. This one we need Lee, who like I said, resident genius, resident chef between our friends. He's also the resident bartender slash mixologist. He would have been perfect for this list, and we might bring him back on later on. From the bartender side, what not to do. Um, but we have our story, because I used to be a bouncer. Um, yeah, you were bouncer, previously right. at, at a couple yeah. places. So um, I've witnessed a couple things as well. It's definitely interesting. But um, like I said, we have just from our experience going and working in bars, 
the, the do's and don'ts. So, Dane, did you have anything on your list? You want me to go ahead and start with mine? Go ahead and start with yours because I love the first one. Okay. First things first, things not to do in a bar. Do not say something that will get you punched in the face, especially if you're in a bar that you don't normally frequent. <laughs> so, that is we, so we, true. So true. Like, it's not hard to go and have a good time and not to punch the face. Usually, those people get punched in the face, they're drunk or they're out of their mind drunk or they are in a situation they're not used to or an environment they're not used to. And they say something completely dumb when they should really just be quiet. And Typically, if you go in, keep your mouth shut, especially if you're in a place you don't normally go. Or if you're in a place that's not your normal surroundings, just kind of keep quiet and observe the situation before you start saying something so you don't say something stupid, especially for one of those people that tends to put your foot in your mouth at the wrong time. I know we both have friends like that, but and we, yeah. trend, we try to tend not to take them to those places where we know that if we take them there, they're liable to get punched in the face. So and everybody has those friends. Everybody out here knows, like when we're talking about this, you're probably thinking of that one guy that starts getting getting in getting into something every time. Every time. You gotta watch out for that for sure. Um for any kind of personal experience, don't randomly grab someone else's beer. And if you do happen to grab their beer from somebody, don't shake it up and spray it in their face or spray it on their spray it on the friends. They don't appreciate that. Um, yeah, kind of start stuff. Uh, someone took my drink in a nightclub in Boston, and it was very expensive, and it led to uh, a lot of commotion. So, do not take someone's drink. Right. We need to keep commotions to a minimum. Um, remember, always wear shoes or sandals in a bar, and if you lose them, try to find them. It's not good to walk around a bar barefoot. First of all, <laughs> your feet will be super dirty. Second of all, there's usually broken glass on the floor. Third of all, you just have the look of someone who is not with it at all. So it's not a situation that you want to be in. If you do happen to find yourself in that situation, it's not proper, it's not good etiquette to steal someone else's shoes or sandals off their feet. If you do happen to do that, remember, you don't necessarily have to hit them in the face with said shoe or sandal. It is not necessary. And if you can avoid that situation, please do so. Um, remember, remember, do not puke on anybody's shoulder or shirt and then walk away from it. If you can, <laughs> if you can get to a bathroom, if you get to the bathroom, try to hit the toilet. Don't be one of those people that hits everywhere else but the toilet. Remember, if you have to throw up, make it to the bathroom, make it in the toilet. If you happen to be outside the bar, try to find a trash can. Don't do it on someone else's shirt or their hair. They will not appreciate it. Try not to do it on the floor either, because then the people that work there don't appreciate it. The people walking around don't appreciate it. And ultimately, you're going to be embarrassed, and you probably won't appreciate it, because you don't want to go back to that establishment. And you don't want to be the person that peeked on the floor. Am I right? <laughs> or, or on somebody's wrong? head. <laughs> or on someone's head, or on someone's shirt. Usually, none of it ends well. Well, you know um, what? Stuff happens. You know, just try to... <laughs> we're saying you got... These are all stuff we're asking you to try and please do. Some of the stuff right. you can't control, some you can, you know, so. Right. Just try to put yourself in the right situation. <laughs> um, if, if someone that you know or don't know is dancing on a table, um, that's, I know it's not normally customary at bars, but if you happen to see it or they're dancing up on a stage, it's not customary to start throwing dollar bills on the table. It is not a strip club. It is a bar. Everybody's allowed to dance. No one's trying to collect money. Remember that. And try to keep your friends that do that kind of thing, try to keep them away from that situation as well. Um, if a fight breaks out, 
do not participate as if you're the bouncer. You probably have a professional job and bouncing is not in your job description. You do not want to have to explain to everybody at your job why you have a broken nose or a black eye. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Day and I were in a situation like that years ago where at Barco Bojangles, a big fight broke out, probably about 20 people. We sat back in the corner and watched the whole time and did not move, just kept drinking our drinks. Afterwards, the bouncer came up to us saying, hey, why do you help? And Dane said, hey, we're not getting paid for this. We're not bouncers. We're just here <laughs> yeah. hanging out, having a good time. So there's no reason for us to get involved in this situation. Were we two of the bigger guys in the place? Yes. But do we want to get involved in that altercation? No. Why? Because it's not in our job description. We're there to hang out and have a good time. And that is it. So, that, it was fun to watch. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty good one. It was a pretty good one. Um, if you are taking any kind of shot that includes salt or sugar, do not, do not throw said salt or sugar into someone's face or in, on top of their head. It is not appreciated. Like I said, we have witnessed this. It is not appreciated at all. Usually, it's probably the said friend that does something that will get themselves punched in the face. So watch out for any friends that do stuff like this. Yep, and said friend, I think, is in the bar right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, etiquette for speaking to bartenders. There's no reason to yell at them. They know that you are waiting for your drink. They probably see you. And if you yell at them, it's going to make them take longer to get your drink. So don't do that. Um, do not whistle at them. They don't want to be catcalled. They don't appreciate it. Um, do not pound the bar to get their attention. It's already loud enough. They have a bunch of stuff that they need to clean up. They probably stack stuff on the bar. If you make some said glasses fall off the bar and break, they will not be happy with you. Um, let's see where I go. Uh, tip well, especially if they provide you fast service and make drinks stronger than what they're supposed to be. That way, the next time you come back, then maybe they will serve you faster or they'll get in front of the line uh, versus having to wait and be frustrated waiting on your beverage. Um, do not spit game at the bartender. Odds are there is a high percentage of people already doing so. That will not increase the quickness of you getting your beverage. Dane, on this list, is there anything that I'm missing or have forgotten? Well, I know one thing if you're bartending and, you know, my girlfriend bartends at a casino and, uh, you know, the one thing I used to hate uh, to make it strong instantly, I want to punch you. So if that is something you say to the bartender, because when you say make it strong, you're essentially asking for free stuff in a way. Right. Or, you know, like you're just, you know, let me do my job. I'm going to punch you. So, you know, that happens. Don't say, hey, can you charge my phone? It's gross to have your phone laying on the, you know, by the ice chest where there's drinks flying all over the place and everything like that. The bartender is not there to charge your phone. That's one that drives my girlfriend crazy. Uh, (laughs) And then, you know, we talk about wearing clothes to the bar. Depends on the uh, situation and what kind of club you're going in, but always be appropriately dressed for the situation. Very true. Very true. (laughs) Bars on the East Coast are probably different than bars in the Midwest. Dane, being closer to the East Coast, you probably are more likely to wear a nice shirt and dress shoes to a bar. Is that correct? Oh, it used to be that way. It's kind of changing. I mean, like I said, you know, you have places all over New York City that you go in shorts and T-shirt or, you know, you got the places where you go in the, in the suit looking good. So, you know, it all depends right. on the situation. But, like, 
you don't have a lot of that out where you know where you're at any longer. Those, those that type of stuff's kind of gone. It kind of is gone. So it's really, I mean, usually jeans and a shirt is good. I used to always like wearing hats in places, but there's a point in time where you also have to wear hat forwards, which I never wore my hat forwards. So usually I would just do my best to remember not to bring a hat. Also remember, you don't necessarily want to wear boots into a bar if you're a guy. Uh, a lot of bars do not allow you to wear boots anymore either. Said, uh, you remember my birthday a few years back, yeah. Dane. I yep. <laughs> got to the front of the line and said, sorry, we can't let you in these boots. So I had to go back to our friend Lee's place and borrow some of his shoes and come back to the bar. Now, they let me cut in line at the bar because I was kind of cool about it. I understood. I didn't cause a scene or anything like that. So they let me cut in front of the line. I had to wait in line again and let me run into the club, which is good because we're celebrating our birthday and we're all having a good time for sure. So, And the one big one is for everybody out there when you're peeing, for some reason you can't actually hit the toilet. Come on. Good trash in the bathrooms out there at these places. People got to use them, you know? Agreed, 100%. You know, uh, I think said friend one time dropped his pants on his ankles was peeing back and forth on the wall. That type of stuff's which gets you punched and thrown out. That's true. <laughs> right? That is true. You don't, you don't want to do that if possible. So, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I was missing anything else as far as that. Oh, there's so much stuff with that. We could probably do a three-part series on that. We probably I gotta, should. I gotta, probably I gotta, yeah. <laughs> I got to look no, in because right. there's so much stuff. I mean, everybody's got that friend that just gets cold clocked, and they're like, I didn't do nothing. Yeah. Someone punched you for a reason. I hate when people say, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, you did. You got punched <laughs> for a reason because you're an idiot. Right. Right. Yeah, and usually, yeah, usually you know what it is. If you don't know what it is, the person that did it will tell you pretty soon afterwards why they did it. It's usually yeah. pretty straightforward. So, other than that, go there, go to the establishment, hang out, have a good time. We encourage it. Um, we would too, and uh, go from there. So, um, yep. next part of the show, Dane. As I said last week or previously, I had uh, earlier in the show. I said I had registered for my classes at University of Dayton. Um, I know I'm always trying to look for some extra money versus having to stay take student loans the whole time for grad school to get my MBA. Um, right now, it's basically going to cost just under 60 grand to go through this MBA, pro- this online MBA program. So I don't really want that to be all student loans. I mean, it won't be. I'll pay some out of pocket. But if I can get some grants or scholarships, I'm willing to do so. So I know one came up on my calendar that is from – it's uh, it says – I need to put a video out there on social media, whether Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, on how I would celebrate winning a scholarship from Natty Light. So that is what I need right now. I need assistance on um, kind of what content to put out there that's going to get me a winning video. That's one thing I don't know right now. Yeah, I think you got to ask for help from your followers here because I was trying to think of stuff you could do. It's just so random. What you would right. do it, for a Natty Light scholarship. Right? Yeah, or, what would you do for, yeah, that's the question. And, you know, I, I, I did like the hashtag, uh, what was it? It was Natty Stories or something like that. So I went out there and, you know, you have everything kind of across the board. You know, you have the person that, you know, they just said how it was going to assist in their life. You say, you know, well, you know, trying to start over 
or whatever. You had someone that, you know, the, the females out there that was trying to, you know, use sexuality and do it. You had someone that said it was going to help them and their family. So you had a wide range of things across the board that is – love you too, buddy. Sorry, Caden ran down and told me I love you, so thought I'd tell him that real quick. But, you know, there's a, a lot of different things across the board you can do, so I'm trying to think what is going to be unique – What's something different that's going to make my video stand out in order to get this money? Because school for me is 60 grand or 55 grand, basically. If I can get a $40,000 scholarship, that's going to help me out immensely. So, and obviously, I'm part yeah. of other scholarships as well. Normally, I wouldn't be looking at Natty Life for a scholarship, but if they're really going to send a scholarship out there and I've passed the first level of it, why am I not going to try to go for it? So, yeah, and you, like you said, people are going to do all kinds of different things. You know, it's a shame you didn't know about this before. Like, I would do a video, like, that says, you know how much I've invested in Natty Light through the years? I bought Natty Light all through college, cases upon cases for parties, and I drank Natty Light because it's the cheapest thing out there. I mean, you could just go, and you, I deserve this scholarship money because of all the money I've invested into your company. <laughs> See, yeah, that's true. You know, you could do that, right? But I'm trying to yeah. think what I'm, I would think that someone else has already done something like that. So I'm trying to think what else I can even do. You know, so that's why I need. And that's that's when it's that's when it's been good to have Dijon here because he would think of some off the wall stuff raining off the top of his head, and I'll probably have to talk with him about that anyway and get his thoughts on it because I yeah, need so what. That, yeah, you've thrown it out there now. Let's see if we can get some stuff for you and and go from there. Maybe some people will help you out out there. That's right. That's what I need. I need some help on that because, you know, any idea that's going to be different and unique that could uh, get the win is much appreciated. So please, everybody, reach out. Let me know. Let me know the thoughts. And um, we can see if we can make it happen because we can do that. You know, that's 40 grand less than what I have to pay out of my pocket. Or take student loans out of, which will ultimately me paying out of my pocket. I don't want to do that. So, got it. See, and and that's reasons why Dane's not going back to school because he knows it's super expensive. He's not trying to do all that. <laughs> yeah, the money thing. Ugh, yeah, that's expensive. Yeah, that's, that's a tough part of it for sure. For sure. But uh, yeah, that's another thing I'll say. If you're going to go back to school, if you have the opportunity to utilize your employer, if they're going to pay. 100% or 75% or whatever it is, please take advantage of it. I had two places of employment previously where I did not take advantage of it. I was just, I wasn't ready to go back to school or for whatever reason I didn't, I decided not to go. I wish I would have because now I'm going to be paying out the wazoo for this schooling. I'm going to be appreciative of the schooling to help me in my professional life for sure. But if I could have gotten it for free or for less expensive, it would have been more, it would have been more lucrative for myself. So. Okay. Yep. Lastly, we're gonna throw in some rapid fire topics. Dane, we're gonna bring it back to the uh Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight results. Now, Fury won by TKO in like the seventh round. What were your thoughts on the fight? I didn't actually watch the fight. I was gonna order it on side of my team, but I think you watched it in the establishment. So what were your thoughts on it? Oh, uh, I picked Fury the win. I thought he'd win uh when we were doing our picks last week. He right. showed why I think he's the best fighter out there right now. Now, I thought it would yep. be a better fight. Wilder got – I mean, it was bad. Um, trainer threw in the towel in the seventh round. They easily could have stopped this in the fifth. 
I mean, his trainer really? probably saved his life. That's how bad he was getting beat. So well, uh, that's that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I'm ready for the big fights now. But the, now they had a part of their contract. They got to fight again. So we're gonna get to see this again. Right now, Fury bulked up for this fight. Like he he put on like Fury. If you look at him, he's six nine. He bulked up like two hundred eighty nine pounds or whatever. Uh, he's two seventy six. So, I think is what he weighed. Was is what he weighed before? I thought he bulked up to over two eighty. No, the fight happened. He was, he was a lot heavier than the last time he fought. Uh, two seventy. He has fought at two seventy six, but he got back to two seventy six for this fight. And Wilder's the one to put on a lot of weight. He went up to two thirty one. Last time he fought that fight, he was at two twelve. So yeah. Now, do you think that was a mistake? You think he should have stayed at his normal weight and just fought the guy being bigger? You know what I mean? Uh, you think that could have taken something out of him? I I mean I think. I think he did need to be a little bigger. I mean, you know, size matters in the heavyweight division. So, I mean, I think 230, he looked in shape. He just got beat by a better boxer. I mean, that's all there is to it. You know, you can spin this and look every – and he had the most pathetic excuses I ever heard, like his cost yeah. was too heavy. I mean, that that's whack. I, I say, wish you would have said that. Yeah, that was horrible, right? Yeah, that was terrible. Like, yeah, just say, you know, he was a good boxer. He beat me. Yeah, I won a rematch, and I'm coming back ready to, to fight him and go start training. I wish, If he would have just done that, you know, I would respect him more. But this time around, like, he's going to blame on his costume. So what about this time, the next fight where he comes out, not in the costume or whatever, and he still gets beat the same way because Fury is just a better technical boxer than he is, you know? Yeah, Fury's going to beat him again. But the thing I think he would do is next time he'll come out very aggressive and try to catch him with one of the big shots because he's not a great boxer. He's a brawler. He's a puncher. And it showed right. in that fight, you know, because that Tyson Fury, I wouldn't want to mess with that dude. I mean, that's a bad man right there. Right. So, and I want Wilder to win. He's the American, but we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Now, do you think that Anthony Joshua would stand a chance against either of them? I think Joshua would beat Wilder. I think Fury would beat Joshua, but I think that'd be a really good fight. And do you think do you think there's gonna be a difference now that I think that uh, Fury's trainer said something about retiring or something like that? Well, he fired him, and I just seen yesterday or last night that he brought him back. He was mad he threw in the towel, you know, Wilder saying all this stuff. I want to go out on my shield and stuff like that. Uh, he literally would have went out on the shield if that dude didn't throw the towel in for him. So, uh, well, yeah, that, guy, that guy has a ton of boxing experience too, doesn't he? So he was yeah. a boxer himself. So he, he knew the signs were not looking good. And he wasn't, he probably saw that Wilder wasn't bouncing back from whatever injuries he had earlier in the fight. So. Yeah, and I used to be a lot higher on Joshua, but he had too much trouble with that fat American Ruiz. Uh, you know, the first time he got whooped in Madison Square Garden, and then he did win the rematch out in Saudi Arabia, but took him, you know, the whole match to win on points when, you know, Ruiz was like 289-pound bowling ball. Uh, so I'm not as bullish on Joshua anymore. I think, fight, uh, I think Fury's the real deal. Yeah, not hey Ruiz, he's a tough dude. Hey, don't mess with Ruiz, man. Don't don't let the body shape fool you. He'll he'll hold it down in a brawl for sure. So yeah, I that's I don't know. Uh, Joshua, <laughs> yeah, I can't can't have that happen. If you're if you want to be the best, you can't lose to that. Right. No, I, I agree with you hundred percent there. Um 
Now, you, you showed an article to me on Twitter uh, talking about from ESPN Cleveland, talking about the radio host was a grossy, was fired Tony from Durant, ESPN Cleveland. Long-time Cleveland ESPN guy, long-time Cleveland writer. Yep, that's what happens. He had a hot mic. Uh, he called Baker Mayfield and effing midget, and uh, it was heard. And everybody knows for some reason they've had this thing going back and forth between them, and they didn't turn off the recording. So that got broadcasted on the online broadcast when uh, it came out. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so what happened is he was indefinitely suspended, which means you're going to be fired. It's just a matter of putting the case together and completing it and letting HR do their thing. Right. So, but I mean, it just shows you, you got to be careful out there. You got to watch the mics, you know, put mic. You, you always, if something, if you're around recording equipment, you know, you got to just be careful. Right. Right. Nope. Understandable. Understandable. So we'll see, we'll see the fallout from that. Um, another topic that we had discussed a little bit, looking at today's sports equipment uh, versus the stuff that we had to wear when we played. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, man, uh, the stuff today is so much better. Like, I remember my we had a contract with Reebok in college, and those Reeboks, football shoes, and things weighed like 10 pounds. Man, now I go to Dick's, <laughs> and you're, like, looking at them shoes, and they're sleek, and they look good, and they don't weigh nothing. Not to mention, you know, all the dry fit stuff. Now, man, when I used to take my shoulder pads off, my T-shirt would weigh like 15 pounds. You have to, like, you know, pull it off. Like, ah, oh, it's gross. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Do you remember back? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, but, yeah, and then, like, the basketball shoes. Can you imagine trying to play ball in a pair of blazers like Jordan and Bird and all them guys did? You know? Right. Look at the Air Jordan 1. How the heck do you play basketball in that? Man, you get to, I have a pair of LeBron 17s. That's the best basketball shoe ever made, man. They're just springy, comfortable, <laughs> and run, jump. I mean, I think the equipment advancements make a big deal. No one ever talks about that, but it makes a big difference. Right. Now, you guys had a, a contract of a, your school for football with Reebok. We did not. So, a lot of times when we're looking for shoes and everything, I was I was looking, remember, the East Bay catalog? That's East what I was Bay, looking yeah. At. Yeah, I was looking at different cleats I wanted to get, and sometimes I ordered from there, or I would go to the local the local mall, which I, if I wanted to go get some cleats, some decent ones, it wasn't anywhere around school because we only had a Walmart near campus. Other than that, there weren't a bunch of shoe stores around, so we had to go to Louisville or Cincinnati to go to a decent you know shopping center to get the shoes that we wanted. So I remember the one year we were in the playoffs, you know, we had cleats all year, but then we are actually playing on actual AstroTurf against Baldwin Wallace. So we all had to go get turf shoes, you know? So we're all trying to shop and find some good turf shoes. But well, we had to go to um, right across the river from Louisville to Clarksville because that was the closest shopping center. We could actually find, you know, either turf shoes or tennis shoes that we wanted to wear on turf, you know, on actual AstroTurf, not field turf. So we're talking about, like, the concrete with the little green piece of carpet over top of it. So Yeah, yeah. And now you can go online and find exactly what you want. You don't have to, like, go to a couple – you know, go to a bunch of stores. Oh, can't find nothing. Right. I'm going to have to settle for this. Man, now you can get online yep. and get exactly what you want. Yep, exactly. You have it shipped. You can go on Amazon. You have it shipped to you next day, and you're good to go. So that just shows that we're, we're old, man. We're old. We are. You, know, you might want to explain to your younger listeners that we used to actually have to look through, like, a catalog and call <laughs> for mail-in. 
the information we needed to get something ordered. <laughs> right. No, that's true. Now, one thing I will say, uh, receiver gloves, they are a little more tacky now. But for the most part, you know, they're about what and what. But I would only buy one pair of gloves for the season. What I would normally do is buy a pair of gloves for the season. And usually um, we have quite a few freshmen come in to play ball. And there would be a group of them that would leave. They wouldn't last through camp. They wouldn't make it to the first game of the season. When they did that, they would leave their gloves, leave their stuff. So I would go through, and I would take their gloves, find the ones that have my sides, take a couple pairs of gloves. So I have a couple pairs of practice gloves, and I have my game gloves. And that was it. And I would, I would have a set of game gloves for – I would only wear in the second half of the season. First half of the season, I went no gloves or whatever. But usually second half of the season, I'll start wearing gloves and go from there. But either way, like I had three or four sets of gloves and I only bought one there. So that was how I did it. Obviously, we had to do what we did in the Division three school and make it work. But a lot of those large programs, they get all their stuff given to them. So we had to kind of figure out ways to make it happen. Same thing for cleats. If you want an extra pair of cleats, find a kid that quit that had your size, and you know, all of a sudden you had a pair of practice cleats. It worked out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, I had like four pairs of Reeboks in college. Like, you know, I had the you had the molded cleats, and then we had the ones yep. with the screw-in cleats, and and they all weighed a ton. I had Nike yep. Sharks in high school. They weighed a ton. I mean, I think, you know, obviously the athletes are better, but the equipment that they have today definitely allows you to be better than you could have been in that stuff that we had or before, you know? Right. I mean, can you imagine trying to play basketball in a pair of Chuck Taylors? Are you kidding me? Right? Yeah. That's what, that's yeah. what they had to do. Talk about rolling ankles. Yeah. Like, no, no ankle support whatsoever. Craziness. It is. But that's what they did. They got through it. So now everybody nowadays, they're just you know, spo- blessed and spoiled with, what, with the equipment they have. So be appreciative of the kids. You, you, have, it, you have it well. Yep. So last topic. We are kind of discussing it previously. Uh, for What's your best or favorite music or songs for when you had your pregame or if you're going on a road trip or when you're working out? What's your go-to? Oh, man, I forgot about this one. Uh, just go-to. Uh, I'm you know, I'm the heavy metal guy. I like uh, you know, Metallica is usually my go-to. Slayer, Kill Switch, Engage. Uh, those are some of my favorites. Uh, I know – what did I listen to pregame? I'll never forget uh, back in the day we had the Gladiator soundtrack and one of the guys on the team found it and I come back and there's like candles burning and, <laughs> and uh, the Gladiator soundtrack's blaring out of the room. I go, what the hell's going on? And he's sitting there. He's like, dude, this is the best album ever or something like that. He's like, uh, that's funny. Getting ready for the game. And yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like the heavy stuff. So, what about you? Yeah, me, I mean, I was usually, you know, some kind of hip-hop, some kind of rap, you know, whatever. Like, back in the day, I was probably listening to, like, Ludacris, Wu-Tang, specifically Method Man. Um, back then, probably 50 Cent when I was playing as far as pregame. Yeah, I was trying to get in a good groove for the game. If I'm working out, I actually like listening to Eminem. Uh, specifically, if I'm tired for a workout, I want to have a song that's going to revitalize and give me energy. There's a song called Rabbit Run. It's from the Eight Mile soundtrack. For whatever reason, that song there's no there's no hook, there's no verse. It's just a straight like it's only it's not a freestyle. But it's a straight it's a straight rap by Eminem. 
good beat to it. And for whatever reason, it pumps me up and it gets me going uh, whenever I'm doing a workout. So if I'm tired, I'll throw that song on and, you know, I can, I can push the way I can push through whatever workout I'm doing pretty good. So. Yeah. You got to have the music. It gets, it gets me going. It does. I mean, everybody does. I think even science proves it does. Right. Right. It just gets you in the right mindset to do whatever it is you're going to do. So no, I like it for sure. And um, yeah, that's a little insight. So Dane, glad you're on, man. I know we were hoping to have DJ on a little bit, but he's out, out doing his thing, having a good time. So Nothing wrong with that. We'll He's probably care. out getting punched in the face. He probably should have been on on for our conversation today. You say he probably should have been? Yeah, he, he should, should have been. been. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully he's staying safe out there in those establishments. Hopefully everybody else is too. Um, like I said, had a good time. Dane, you want to hit you want to hit you up on Twitter? Like I said, was it at D Deneo? Yeah, that right? that's it. Yep. All right. For for me, like I said on Twitter at franchise eleven twenty two. On Instagram is at Terrell Dwayne eleven, and on Facebook it's just Terrell coming. So, you know, we we appreciate your time, Dane. Thanks again. And um, like I said, come up next. Relax and take notes. Have a good one. Later. All right, buddy. It's our favorite segment, Relax and Take Notes. And today, you know, I really didn't have much to go on today, but I know um, I was just thinking about uh, my son, Caden, and um, and how proud I am of him with the different things he does and he goes through and he tries and everything. And, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself that he is only a five-year-old and sometimes it's just good to let him go out and just be a kid and be goofy and not always have to be so buttoned up and remind myself that I just need to lighten up sometimes and not be always try to be the stern parent or do this and do that because, uh, you know, he's a free spirit and I shouldn't try to limit him in any way in doing so. Obviously, you know, he wanted to be disciplined, which he's always a disciplined kid in public and everything like that. And he's disciplined with us as well. But I just always have to remind myself to, you know, ease up. Remember, he's only five years old. So remember, don't put all the pressure on kids. Um, you know, always listen to him. Always, I always try to remind him that I'm there for him. And he can talk to me about anything. And um, hopefully he feels comfortable doing so. I think he does. But like I said, I just always have to remind myself to, you know, just let him be a kid. And let him have fun. Let him be goofy and be crazy and be his own normal self so hopefully you know, everybody else can do that too for their kids if you have younger kids like i do um and go from there so on that note i appreciate everybody listening uh look forward to everybody listening next week we always have fun on the show hope you do too um i think we're trying to get better at this i think we're trying to figure out the technology so things can still work when there's three of us on the line we're still figuring it out. So once we do, you'll know it for sure. But, you know, we enjoyed the time. We hope you did too. We look forward to y'all listening next week. So until then, have a good one. Later.